Hi, my name is Karsta, and I'm a number one international bestselling author, a motivational speaker, and a mindset coach. And I'm so excited to be here with Pearl today. Hey, everybody, it's Pearl, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Pearl. And I'm so excited because I'm bringing back one of my favorite guests. Not that they're all not my favorite, but my favorite, one of my favorite guests is Karsta Marie. And we've gotten to know each other over the past, I think, almost two years. And I I was like, we need to regroup and come back together. So I am so excited to have Karsta with us. She is a number one international bestselling author. Woohoo! She's a motivational speaker and a mental fitness coach, working with women to help them overcome the stories, limiting beliefs, and those expectations that have have them stuck in living a life that's fine and create whatever their definition of something epic, something that sets their soul on fire. So Karsti is a gifted and insightful speaker whose compassion captivates audiences with her signature blend of empathy, compassion, and candor, which empowers clients and audiences to break free from expectations and limiting beliefs. She tops it off with a vulnerability relatability that inspires action. And you can find her recharging while sitting by the lake or journaling in her Zen den. Welcome back to the show, Karsta. Thank you so much for having me back. So excited. So excited to have you. So a lot's happened since we were last together on the podcast. You for both of us, but yes. Yeah, I think you've written (laughs) two books since we last have you on. I think you're in two. Yes, one of them got published and the other one is coming out this summer. Oh, yay. So yeah, tell us about the first book. What was that? Two collaboration books. So, yeah. That's right. They're both collaborations. So yep. listen, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll get into the books. I want to learn more about okay. both books. But tell, share with the audience a little bit about yourself and what led you to do what you're doing today in the speaking and writing and coaching realm. Yeah. So as short as I can, I left college I should say prior to leaving college, and I won't give you the whole story, but prior to leaving college, I'd had this vision of being this super high-powered, confident, like international business executive, you know, traveling the world with all the things. And, but that was in complete contradiction to what I saw everybody around me doing, right? Everybody was getting engaged and choosing majors for things that sort of made sense and were stable and sort of normal. Um... I had a college sweetheart. And so it made more sense to me after I almost failed accounting anyways, that international business probably didn't really make sense. So I went on to get married to my college sweetheart. We had babies. We built sort of that traditional picket fence life that everybody says they want. We had the dog and the kids and I even got a minivan. I kind of liked it. It was a horrible moment in my life. Um, Things were fine until they weren't. We got divorced. I was a single mom for a long time, had another relationship that ended up not working out. And in 2018, I had left probably one of my favorite careers that I'd ever had, went back into the classroom for a year and just was so fried. And so I left. I left without a vision. I left for a lot of like a lot of us do this where we leave for the sake of leaving, right? Like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this anymore. I'm just, I have to get out of here. I have to change my circumstances, but I had no vision of where I was going or what was next. And so one of the things that I just really love to do is help women who are feeling that stuck feeling, that feeling of I have to escape, I have to get out of here, 
I want to help them create that vision first so that that transition out of that stuck into whatever their definition of epic is going to be is a little more seamless because mine has been a good five years in the making and it's been very tumultuous and it's all because I didn't have that vision. Well, I, you know, I sit here right and I was writing notes as, as she was yeah. talking and I hope you guys are getting your paper and pen out because you're going to get some great information today. And, you know, you're right that that picket fence life, right? I had a guest on a few weeks ago. We were talking about, you know, when we get married, we have all these books about what to expect when you're expecting, right? There's all these things. Or if you're in the Catholic faith, like I was when Chuck and I got married, we went through the engagement encounter process. You know, we did that. But there's nothing that says this is what to do in a marriage. This is what to expect in a marriage. This is what the communication is, right? So we go into this thinking, like you said, I want the white picket fence. I want the babies. I want the van. I want the dog, all that stuff that we see on the TVs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but in reality, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like, it's not always what it appears from the outside with everybody else, you know, and we, we walk out into this world and we put this mask on with, you know, makeup and all these things. We want people to think behind the picket fence, everything is beautifully and wonderfully made. When in reality, we're freaking out over grilled cheese sandwiches and who's going to do the laundry and who's taking the kids here and who's taking the kids there. Right. And, and I'm sure some of our listeners, if you're moms, you can resonate with that. And we don't, we don't have those mentors, like those mentors to, to help guide us that, you know, these things are going to happen in your marriage and, you know, you're, it's going to be ups and downs and how do you flow through it? And, you know, and I think I saw a statistic where recently um, they were saying that women are getting married older now, that they're taking that time to really make sure it's a partner that they want in their life and, and that they, you know, have, you know, taken that, have that vision that they have, like you were talking about, you know, so being so carefree and leaving, you know, yeah, we get stuck in our life sometimes. Where we're like, I don't like this stuff that I'm doing anymore. I don't like when I'm working. I just went out and we're so desperate to get out that we that we don't think about the what ifs, you know, what if it, you know, what am I going to do to pay bills or what am I going to do to, you know, what's my next thing I want to do? And what what is my passion in the core of my soul that I want to do? And I love that you're taking that story and you're like paying it forward and coaching on that. Well, and and that's the thing. I got stuck not because of the issues within my marriage. Like there there were plenty of those. I got stuck because that life wasn't what I was meant for, right? I and some people are. I have some very very dear friends who live that very sort of normal traditional life that a lot of us see and they're doing it marvelously. It's their calling. That was never my calling. I just didn't listen to it. And so um, I just, I love being able to help women either A, on the front end, take, so if they're waiting longer, I love that they're taking the time to just say, okay, am I ready? What do I want? And if you happen to have gotten yourself stuck as I did, how can we either infuse what lights you up into your current reality? That's a big thing that I love to do with women because a lot of us don't want to upset the whole apple cart, right? We we're pretty comfortable. Things are fine. There's nothing horrible. We're just not excited about it. So how can we infuse excitement into that? But then also 
if you truly do need an exit strategy, let's have a strategy, right? Like you said, so that we know, and maybe you don't have all the answers, but you know, I talk a lot with my clients about what feelings do you want to have? Maybe we don't know what that looks like, but what feelings can we start pursuing? What energy, you know, I, I always say mine is very, I want simple and effortless. Some people want exciting and adventurous. Some people want you know, just all the different feelings. And so really starting to pursue those because that's what's going to light you up. Yeah. I love that you point that out too. I mean, look, I've been married to my husband for, we've been together. I think we figured out yesterday, almost 40 years. Next next year will be 40 years. We've been together. Right. And so one of the things that, you know, when I look back, I was 19 years old when I met him. I was young. I didn't know what I, the only thing I did know what I want, I did not want because I grew up with a dad who did three tours in Vietnam, I knew I did not want to marry anybody in the service. It had nothing to do with their service or anything. I just knew that I did not want that life. You know, I, 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 t- I had a conversation with my mom recently about how I saw how my mom lived with my dad and how that life was. And I knew that was a life I was not going to have. I was never going to marry a man that was in the service. And, you know, I've got nephews that are four generations in Marines in my, in my family but it just knew that that wasn't the life I wanted. But I love that you touched on too. I never thought about the feelings I wanted. You know, I, I did know if I think about it, I did know how I wanted to be treated, right? Because of the example that I had in my, in my home growing up. So I knew those, the way I wanted to be treated, but the feelings, you know, we don't think about it. And when I was so young, it's like, who thinks about that? Right. It's like, you're right. not, you know, you're so young. You're like, you're just like, right. and you know, so I love that you touched on that and, and you, and you're right. There's, you know, listen, I've been with him, like I said, almost 40 years and there have, it's not always been easy. I mean, we went through our most traumatic thing last year and losing our son. That's like nothing. When you get married, you, you say in your, in your book of what you want. Right. But there's also things that we've been through just in communication and, and things like that. And that's the one thing for us that we've always had at the core is, and I learned that from Chuck, I have to give him all that credit is how do I feel? Because I remember when I first met him, you know, I grew up in a household where if my parents had an argument, they just didn't talk for two weeks. And then all of a sudden everything was fine. And you're like, what happened? Like as a kid, you're really like going, how did that happen? Right. I mean, I literally at 14 years old started working out of the house. 17, I moved out because, you know, I had all these rules when I was working full time and in high school, I was like, I'm not doing that. But I knew, but I didn't know about communication. So when Chuck and I met, he was all about communication. That's what they did in his family. They communicate with one another, not in the way for him growing up that he wanted to. So he knew coming into any relationship how he his communication wanted to be. And so when we would have a disagreement or I was upset with him about something, I just shut down because that's all I knew. Don't say anything. Just don't talk and everything will be better in a couple of weeks. And it was funny because he was like, well, I can't help you. I can't. You can't help me help you if you don't tell me what's happening. And I still would ignore him and Car- so he would start having conversations for me. He would like answer for me. And I was like, I know I wouldn't have said that to you. And no, that's not how I'm feeling. So he taught me at a young age, I think before I hit 21, you know, I turned 20 right after I met him was like, communi- communicate how I feel, communicate my realistic expectations, which I yeah. tie into a big part of my coursing and coaches is that we have to communicate those feelings. But I love as you pointed out too, that we have to identify what those feelings are. You know, I think it's important that also to know what those feelings are of how we want to feel in a relationship, how we want people to treat us. And then the other thing I love to do, and I did this with the client, she came to me for some coaching on her health and wellness. And I was like, you know, and I've shared this before on the podcast, if you follow us, you've heard the story before, but 
the big thing was I never weighed anybody on the scale until mm-hmm. we were done for the meeting for the day. So before they'd go out the door, we'd have a, a you know weigh in and we'd talk about what, what what the scale showed us. But before then, I was, how was your week? Tell me how you're feeling. How'd you feel this week? If they had a challenge, well, how'd that make you feel? Like so, this one lady came in and I said, "So you're gonna you're gonna meet this goal. I know if you do everything I teach you, you're gonna meet whatever the goal is. You're gonna tell me you want for your weight." But what I want to know is what happens in your life after you've made this goal. And yeah. she was sharing how she'd been divorced 10 years. She wanted to be a man. Well, she thought I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when I said to her, okay, your homework this week is to go home and write out what he looks like. What does he do? What are his ethics? Was he married before? Does he have kids? Does he have grandkids? Is he active? Not active? like, what do you want? And she looks at me, she goes, I'm here to lose weight. <laughs> I was like, but it's bigger than the weight. And that's why yeah. people, I think we have this yo-yo because we don't get to the core of what's causing us to right. weigh. I talk with my clients about that all the time. We as a society are so driven to have, right? When I have the body that I want, then I'll meet the guy. When I have the money that I want, then I'll feel successful. When I have the stuff, when I have, when I have, when I have. Um, and really you have to become that version first. Then you can start taking action the way somebody would take action who has that thing already. Then you will start attracting and having the things, right? So many people will say like, well, when I have the body that I want, then I'll be able to put myself out there in the way that will attract the person. No, you have to start embodying who it is that's going to attract that person. That's going to start triggering you to take the action you need to take in order to have whatever that final result is. And we, I talk about that all the time. And yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of that, right? You, you have to get to the underlying, like I always say, when you have that thing, there's a feeling you're looking for by having it. What is that feeling? Like when you lose the weight, how are you going to feel? Right. Okay. We have to start feeling that now while we're losing, because otherwise you're going to drop the weight and you're still not going to feel it and yeah. you're not going to paint it and you're not going to, or what's it going to feel like to have that ideal partner? Okay. Well, you need to feel that about yourself now so that you start acting like somebody who has that partner. Right. And so really tapping into those first. So you get to those underlying things. Yeah. Yeah. She thought, she thought I was crazy. And the, the cute thing is, is um, a few years later after she'd already been, you know, she graduated, she did well. I ran into her in a grocery store and she's like, oh, I need you to meet somebody. And literally, I also had to do art there. I had to draw, draw pictures too. And so yeah. she's like, I need you to meet somebody. So he comes around the corner. He was exactly what she drew. Wow. And he, to the T, I mean, the hair, everything, height, everything. And and so when he came around the corner to do some stuff, I go, yeah, I've met you before. And he goes, what? And I go, just ask her. She'll tell you what I mean. And, and it was so funny. But you're, I mean, you're right. And I think that's for wow. everything in our life. We have yeah. to. You know, we have to, what is the feeling you want? Like for me, like, you know, with the loss of Matthew, yes, it was overwhelming grief, but I knew Matthew watched me live my life that no matter what came at me, the, mm-hmm. you know, separating from a friend that I was like tight as can be with to the separating my father out of our life because he turned races towards Matthew, all these things that I'd gone up against in my life, including the great positive things. He used to always say, mom, how do you like, how do you do that? How do you live with no matter what's thrown at you, you find something good out of it. And I was like, and I would tell him, like, if I don't put my cape on first, if I don't tighten it around my back. I don't have anything extra to pull you in and, and give you that love with me. 
And so, mm-hmm. you know, when he passed, one of the first things we, Chuck, Nate, and I made the commitment to was that no matter how we felt, don't hold it back. Even if, you know, even no matter where we're at, I mean, for example, and we said, cry when you got to cry, talk about mm-hmm. Matt, you want to talk about him. You know, last week, Nate's put an offer on a house and we went to home inspection and we were sitting at dinner and I said to him, hey, I just want you to know that we're proud of you, but I want you to remember that your brother is really proud of you. Like, I, you know, I want him. So we always talk about those feelings. We never leave Matt out. And so I was like, you know, yeah, the grief was very overwhelming, but I made that commitment to myself that I can't live differently just because he's not here. You know, yeah. I have to live with those feelings. I have to live with the joy and the happiness. I have to let the waves come. And trust me, they come. And when they do, it's okay. You know, I can be in the grocery store buying meat and all of a sudden I'll be crying. The guy, the young man behind the meat counter is like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just having a moment, you know? So I love that you bring up, you know, we have to have our feelings and, 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 you know, and how to, how to also, like you said, in coaching, and even if you're in a relationship right now and you're okay, you, you, it's a great relationship, but you want more for yourself. Like, how do you get there? And I love, Carson, that you talk about that. So share with everybody, some of, what are some of the tools that you work with your clients to help them get there? Oh my goodness. One of the very, very first things that we do is a visualization exercise to really tap in. We do this long meditation. It's beautiful. People, it, it's funny. I have a client who I've had a few sessions with. She does my vision board workshop with me every year. And she came out of the visualization this year and she was like, that was so not what I expected, but like she was, but I'm kind of excited by it. So we always start with a visualization. Um, if you're not a meditator, um, even just, I always tell people, if you're not a meditator, allow yourself just to ponder the daydreams that pop in, in those moments when you're like, oh, that might be interesting. Like really let those sink in and start pondering those. Um, I have a journal that I created. And so a lot of times my coaching is really walking through those prompts and talking through how each component is kind of powerful. Like how is gratitude powerful in your day? Um, one of the big things that I like to work with clients on is setting their daily intentions focused on that overall energy they set. So for example, if my overall energy is that I want simple and effortless, what is my intention today? to bring that to life. If your and if your overall energy is that you want excitement and adventure, what intention can you set today to bring that to life to to have excitement? Even if you're not off flitting, you know, climbing mountains and skydiving, if you can't do that today, what can you do today to have some excitement, right? Um and I actually just yesterday, I'm super stoked about this. I have been trying to do affirmations and I'm not, I haven't been finding them successful yesterday. And I posted a reel about this last night. I stitched it or whatever, but um, I saw a lady on TikTok who said, instead of I am statements for affirmations, asking yourself a question. So for example, I am financially free, right? That's a pretty standard affirmation that a lot of people say. What happens when you say affirmations in the I am is if it's not part of your reality, your brain automatically goes, you're lying. Right. And I, and I found that for myself and I wouldn't put very many down because I knew I was lying to myself. Like I was trying to trick myself. So she said, reframe it as a question. Like, why am I surrounded by financial freedom every day? Or how is it that I have financial freedom every day? And by posing it as a question to yourself, you now trigger, and I found it to be true. So I saw this 
TikTok last night. I tried it this morning when I journaled and it's crazy. I wrote so many affirmations and it got my brain just energized and and got my brain going about like, wow, how could I do this? And like, it got me thinking of like, what's the action plan that I like, what did I actually do? How did I get here? Um, And it's kind of that same idea. You hear a lot of experts talk about how trying to put yourself in the future moment and look back how you got there. It's kind of that same vein, but like, I'm just asking it now. I don't know. It was so powerful. So that's going to be my new my new go-to for affirmations. Um, and then just, I think, once you have that clear vision of that energy, you, you articulated this so perfectly, like you have sort of this set way of being. And when you have that, it makes those challenging moments because you're going to have them no matter what your focus is. You're going to have them. Um, but when you have that set way of being, it's much easier to ride that roller coaster and recalibrate yourself very easily. So um, I think that's probably, those would be some big things that we would hit on that I'd love to talk with, with my clients is just getting, I always call it calibrating your energy PS, like where are we going, right? If you want to leave, you can't ask the universe, like, or you can't even ask your phone, Hey phone, Hey GPS, I need directions away from where I'm at. You, you can't get them. You have to give a final dest- destination. And that's what having that clear vision does so that when you have the detours and the bumps in the road, as you said, it's really easy to come back and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be sad and I'm going to stand here and cry in the meat department of the grocery store. And then I'm going to quick recalibrate myself. That was just a little detour. And now I'm back on track. Yeah. I love that you, I love that affirmation thought because you're right. Ah. We're Sometimes we're tricking ourselves and we may not be there. And I love to ask you a question like, you know, how am I financial free? How am I, you know, enjoying my day? What am I doing to, you know, put myself first? You know, I love that. That's so, so powerful. I don't know. I just, I saw that. I was like, Oh my, my, my mind was blown. I was like, yes, that is so much more powerful. I think that's so, so cool. And so uh, the other thing I do like that you said too, is like, you know, we often, you know, I, like you, we talk about manifestation and things like that. Like yeah. I see myself there. Like I tell myself, even when, you know, like this morning I had a horrible, you know, I, not horrible, but I had an uncomfortable phone call with the police department because we're still trying to get answers for my son's accident. Yeah. And I had to have that uncomfortable thing. And I could have easily said, called Kari and said, Hey, would you mind if we change? Cause this is what's happening. Yep. But I was like, no, this is that that's just a moment in my day and that reminder. And these are my goals, you know, and that's the thing, too. Like when we have things come up, our friends and our family and even our mind would be like, it's okay if you want to go to bed. And that's we're not saying don't take that time for yourself. Right. Sometimes you do. Right. But we're saying don't let it bring you down the rabbit hole of never getting up. And and the thing is, is, and if you are listening to this and you're somebody who's lost a child, trust me, I am not telling you how to grieve. There is no way I would tell anybody how to grieve. I've actually had somebody tell me that, well, shouldn't you be over it by now when I was only four months into the grief? And I looked at them and I said, I think you should step away from me because I might go to jail if you don't. (laughs) So so that's what we're trying to say is like, recognize when those things are coming up and always like Karsta and I, Whoever is in your circle, especially I like to call them my friendly sepulium. I like to call them my balcony people. I got that from Lisa. Those people that you know are going to stand on that balcony with you until it collapses and make sure you're good, you're lifted up, and whatever you need, they're there to help you with that. So I love that. And I love how you you walk your clients through that. It's such a 
a great process. And I'm definitely going to keep notes about the, you know, question versus affirmation, you know, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your book that you've done. And then let's talk about the one upcoming. So you've done collaborative books. So explain everybody what a collaborative book is and what's the one that you've recently released about. Okay. So a book collaboration is kind of just what it sounds like. Um, I had, although I, it's odd, I had never heard of it until I did one. It's each person contributes a chapter to the book. And so our, the first one that I participated in was called She is an Overcomer. And it was 31 women telling stories of overcoming all kinds of different things. Um, one woman ha- was talked about the story of when she lost her father to suicide. And another one was I, just all kinds of stories like that of just overcoming different things. Um, I, I shared in my chapter, the bigger picture of overcoming the mindset of living in resilience from based off of all of the the challenging things that I faced as a child. And so just a, a really great experience. I would say if anybody's ever, if you're thinking about becoming an author, it's a really nice way to kind of ease into it um, because you really are in charge of your one chapter. It's great. And if people have questions, they can certainly reach out and I can get them in touch with a, an incredible publisher for that. Um, the second book that will be coming out, I think our drop date is early July right now, is called Action Takers Who Get Shit Done. Um, and it's literally, I don't remember how many authors we are on this one, but each author is contributing a chapter on, it. think Julie's Tiny Habits, only each person is an expert in a certain field. So we have um, one who's doing like financial wellness, right? And how you can steps you can take to financial wellness. I contributed um, my one minute self-care tip that I talk about with my clients. Oh, we're going to get interrupted. I'm sorry. Damn, my have to. Um, so that one's coming out in July. Again, super great experience because at least the publisher I work with, they're doing all of the work. I literally just get to be creative. I just get to type my chapter and hit send and it's done. Um, so, and I know they've got a bunch of other ones in the works as well. So that's the best part about the collabs, you guys, is that you can write yeah. your chapter, hand off, and they do all the work for you. I love that. I love that part of it. So let's talk about the first one for a second, the mindset to resilience. So tell us, what's it take to have that mindset to resiliency? So, um, and I know if, like for me, um, when I think about that title, as you said, it was, you know, like I said before, I pretty much have been out of my family's house since I was 17 years old. I was a daddy's girl. I grew up a daddy's girl. So when my dad you know, as I found out that as Matthew got older, you know, we adopted a month old, he was biracial. We really dug deep into who in our family, who in our friend circle, did we think we're going to possibly lose? And we were good with that because they have issues with race. And, and my dad kind of was in the back of my head, but I didn't want to, I think back then I was not wanting to believe it. I thought, oh, this child's going to come in. It's his grandson. But, you know, turns out he, became racist. He did some terrible things to our son. And I had to like, he's cut out of my life. And that's because that was a choice I made that, you know, I don't get to pick my parents, but I pick my game of life and I pick my boundaries and my fence. And he's sitting on the bench right now and with a locked fence around it. And so, you know, being resilient, it takes a lot because the really cool thing, you know, when you raise your kids, right, when your child comes to you and says, you know, mom, I would be okay if you let Papa back in. And I was like, yeah, no, I love you. And I would never keep you from your grandfather. And they knew that. And this is why my thing. And for me, that took a lot of resilience because 
let me tell you, as a daddy's girl, things came up, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe, no, no, can't do that. So talk to us about what that meant for you, Karsa. So for me, it was more about, so I endured lots of bizarre trauma capital T traumas, lower T traumas, all kinds of things as a child. Um, none of which are particularly relevant other than they're, they're, they did shape me and that's fine. But what I carried with me was sort of this badge of honor. Everybody would tell me how strong I was and how resilient I was. And well, I firmly believe that there is a space for having the ability to be resilient. I, and I think a lot of people do, I had fallen victim to the only way to continue to be considered resilient and strong was to continue to endure difficult things. And so those difficulties, so, you know, it was difficult childhood, college was great, met my, like I said, met my sweetheart, we got married and that was all fine. And then when we got divorced, I was like, sweet, now I have another little badge of honor I can tack on my sleeve. And so for me, my chapter was a lot about this idea of, yes, be resilient, but don't let it define you. Because that's where I had fallen into that trap of like, it had started to define me. And the only way to continue to be considered that was to continue to endure difficulties. And so it was my chapter is more about how I had to shed that badge of honor. That's powerful. Because, you know, I think, uh, you know, I have, a, I've had a couple of clients that they think everything bad happens to me, right? They think, you know, I, and I'm like, are you looking for the bad things to come into your life? Like, and like you were saying that, you know, that badge, wearing that badge of honor and, and to recognize that is so powerful in growth to recognize the habits that don't serve us, the habits that hurt us in our self-care and our, and our, and that strength that we have to become stronger in who we are. And to, you know, like you said, shed, shed some of that can be, can be really, really hard. And, um, and I love that you shared that to be, and recognizing that, like when we can recognize the things that are starting to define us that we know we don't want them to define us. And we can, you know, it's never too late. I don't care if you're 70 years old, it's never too late to start shedding some of that stuff because it will change your life. Even if you've got 10 years left in your life or not, you know, I love that you shared that. And so tell us a little bit about the second book. I love the title. Share the title again. Yeah, Action takers who get shit done. And it really is just all every author. It's like tips and tricks for whatever area you're an expert in, right? Like I said, so we've got somebody who's into financial wellness and somebody who's into health and fitness. And I don't even know what other ones there are, but um, just tips and tricks for um, holding yourself accountable, really. Um, and, and I always, like I said, I equate it to sort of tiny habits, which you and I have both learned from Julie, um, but just how can you continue to motivate and move and be successful in your daily life and get things done without getting stuck in that cycle of procrastination and just disengaging and that kind of thing. So I envision that one as being more like a reference book that I can put on my shelf and be like, you know, my, my financial wellness isn't great right now. So I'm going to um, pull this off the book and I'm going to read the financial wellness chapter or when I'm done with that, maybe later it's like, my self-care is a little wonky. I'm going to pull that, you know, that kind of thing. That's how I envision that. I, I don't know. I haven't read the other chapters yet. So I'm excited though. That one's going to be fun. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a great reference book. I mean, you know, and those who don't know, Julie, that we're, we keep talking about Julie, she's a business <laughs> coach that the both of us have worked on and she yep. does coach on tiny habits and creating those little habits that help you with that big habit, help you with that big goal that you have. And um, I'll give you a quick example. 
like one of the things my goal was to have time every morning. I'm making sure I'm working on and in my business. And so I, my habit is I walk the dogs, I bring them back in, I make my protein shake, I come upstairs to my office and I start working on whatever I have to do. So it's like creating those things that you can stack the habits on top of two as well. So I'm going to do a little shift with us, Karsta. You and I talk about self-care and everything. Yes. And, and I know you're familiar with our Shiro League. And so I want to talk with you. I love doing this segment with everybody because I think everybody answers everything so differently. But the Shiro League stands for strong. I feel like as we start identifying like what we've been talking to, the things that are defining us that maybe we don't want to define us or the communicating with that spouse and or partner or just communicating with ourselves what our realistic expectations are, we start standing up stronger because we start believing we deserve these things, right? So we become stronger in that. And then as we become stronger, we're working on those things. The H is happy. Then we start feeling like, Oh, I remember what being happy feels like. I remember getting the things that I want to do done feels like how that makes me feel inside. And so then as you have those two happening, then you be, you get this like empowerment of like, wow, I've been doing these things. I, that big goal I have, I want to write that book or whatever that, you know, big thing you have. I want to leave my job and start my business. You really start feeling that empowerment. Like I can do this. I've got this. Right. And then the R stands for radiant or as a guest, let me say, glow up like you start walking around and carrying yourself so differently that people are like going, what's new about you? Did you cut your hair? Did you lose weight? Like you got this glow about you, right? And then people call it authentic, but the O, I call it original. Because I do believe that when we come into this world, we have that core in that DNA, like God, whoever you believe in has created what he knows your talents are. And once you start working on them and you start taking care of those talents and using them for yourself, you start seeing your growth. But as you do that, you start seeing how you can pay it forward and put it out to the world like Carson and I've done through our coaching and sharing our stories and coaching other women to maybe not do some of the same things we did, maybe do them differently, empower them to recognize those things that might come up in the world. So that's what the Shiro stands for. And so if you think about Carson, if you think about Shiro, can you put a time in your life where you were up against a challenge and you found that strength to start pushing through it. And then all those things started happening. Your happiness started like showing up more. You became more empowered. You were glowing and you just were so excited about being that original person you knew you were. I would have to say it's probably now, honestly. Um, when I left teaching in 2018, like I said at the beginning, I, I didn't have a clear vision of where I was headed. I jumped into my business with not just zero vision about what I wanted, but zero vision of like how to even run a business. And so the last few years, those, the first few years of my business were super, super challenging. Um, I came back to teaching for the last year and a half as a sub. And while I know I'm not meant to be here forever, this is not my calling anymore. I have given myself sort of a landing pad to where the last year and a half, I've really been able to sort of explore and, and become stronger and feel happier and feel I'm going to change empowered to excited about what the future is bringing in front of me. Like I, I know that my time here is going to come to an end. My contract's going to come to an end and I'm super excited for what's next. And I feel like that's got me, you know, like I'm, I'm super tapped into my own originality and, and I do feel like I'm radiating and I'm just, like I said, like excited about what's next. And I, the funny part is I don't know what's next, but I've done the or find that inner sort of vision that I talked to my clients about. I, I took the time to do that. So now 
this time as I leave the classroom, I don't have specific answers, but I have that guide behind me to say, okay, if this comes along, I have sort of that inner evaluation system to decide like, yep, that's a good call. Nope, that's not a good call. So yeah, I would say now. I love that. And and that's so awesome to recognize that it's happening in your world now. And and you see that that's arising for yourself. I love that you're sharing that. So every Sunday evening for the listeners that are listening, we have what's called a Shiro League and we get together Sunday night from 8 to 9 p.m. And if you're interested in coming, it's a community of women that are working on a lot of what we've been talking about today. If you're a listener and you're following us on YouTube at Conversations with Pearl, you'll know and watch and hear and see that we talk about this community of women who uplift each other, that carry us through the good, carry us through the tough challenges go to retreats together that we do every year. And so right now, one of the things that we've been working on, Karsta, is our six-week goal. So our six-week goal, we let got through the first two months. Everybody gets crazy setting goals, right? We want everybody to really work on some stuff before they set that goal. And so one of the things we had them working on over the last two months is really what brings them joy? What are the things that bring you joy? And it's not just, yeah, I mean, it could be our kids for sure, but why do your kids bring you joy? I mean, my kids bring me joy all the time, but like with Nate, what really brings you joy is he's so smart and he's such an old soul and that he has his stuff together at 23 years old. I mean, the kids get ready to buy a house. He's already talking about flipping it to an investment in a few years. It's just, you know, at 23, I look back and go, well, Chuck and I were just starting to buy our house and we didn't know what the heck we we're doing, <laughs> you know? So, so on that list, if you could, they had to do 10 things, Karsta. I'm just going to ask you for three. If you could give me three things, your top three things that bring you joy and why do they bring you joy? Oh my goodness. Top three things. Um, I would say my kids, because they, the three of us have endured a lot together. And they truly are. And I, I know some parents listening are going to get have pushback and it's probably an unpopular opinion, but they're truly, the three of us truly are best friends. We text each other all day, every day. We've got group chats. Um, and it's now that they're adults, I can look back. Not that you're ever done parenting, but like the heavy lifting of parenting is kind of done. I get to enjoy them as humans. And you like, as their mom, I've always known they're good humans, but like you get to see them and enjoy that now, right? And 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 appreciate that. So I would say them for the same, probably a lot of the same reasons. My mom and my sister and my net, like just my my sort of immediate family just brings me so much joy for all those reasons. We're very close. Um, and yet we drive each other crazy. And there's times when I'm like, nope, I I can't handle any of you. And then there's other times when I just I want them in. So, um, I don't know if you want to lump that all into one, but that that's my, my small tribe is they bring me so much joy for so many reasons. Um, second sunshine, not just that I was, my mom says, you need vitamin D. No, I don't want to take vitamin D. I just want actual sunshine. Um, so when winter is done here, it'll be great. I just love to be outside, you know, walking outside, appreciating nature, kind of nature as a whole. I feel very energized and calmed by nature at the same time. And what else? I don't enjoy working out, but it brings me joy because I feel better when I'm done. And I know it's a habit that I've gotten away from over the last few years. I don't know, call it COVID, call it whatever you want. I can make a thousand excuses, but um, just to move my body and get in touch with my body is a very, I think it's bringing me more joy because it's been a very foreign thing to me. Like I used to work out to fix my body and now I move to like feel good. So I think that that's right now, those are probably the three things. 
I love that. And I love, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with as your kids become your adult, like they become really good <gasps> friends with you, right? I think it's awesome. That's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I love with my kids too, is that, you know, especially like the, like, it's funny that I can remember the day before Matthew passed, he was here in the, in the garage helping Chuck do something. And he's like, Hey, can you give me some water? And I threw the water. It was like a little tiny bottle, one of those little <laughs> short bottles. And I chucked it at him like a baseball. He's like, Oh, you think you got to go play baseball again, right? Or something like that. Was just, we just would joke and have fun like that. Yep. So, and then Nate's the same way. He's just, he's, he's very, um, you tell him something, it's very like that. So I, when I talk to him, I'm like, I got to remember, I got to be like that. And every once in a while, he'll throw me a curveball, like, well, why you say it like that? I'm like, because I thought you'd want to hear it like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But so yeah, it's really that's, cool. That's just my favorite thing. <laughs> and I love the sunshine here. Of course, I'm in Florida, so we get it a lot of the time, so, but I do, yeah. I, I, you know, it's so funny. The kids, when they were little, they're like, so they they say so how's your day i go oh my god isn't it beautiful outside and it could be raining or and they're like it's raining outside i'm like no the sun's shining somewhere <laughs> they say I mean, yeah. that. <clears throat> excuse me and i'm the same way too with with the with the exercise i know it's something i gotta do and you know it's you know so trying to make fun with it is so cool i'm i'm one of those girls if i go walking and i see a swing i'll hop on the swing and go swing because i'm like oh that's that. exercise yeah <laughs> right so i love that so so now the other things they had to work on is, you know, we create these to-do lists for, you know, getting stuff done at work, to-do lists for grocery shopping, home, whatever it is, you have a to-do list for something, but we never create that not to-do list. Like the things on your list that you have to stop doing, because if you don't stop doing it, you're not going to be able to go spend time with your kids. You're not going to be able to go out and enjoy the sunshine. You're not going to be able to go do that exercise. So if you had to think of three things on your not to-do list, what would those be and why? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I have to not worry so much about getting it all done, right? Like, yep, I, I, I've i got 87 post-it notes sitting around me with the to-do list. And I have to just not worry because it's going to get done when it's supposed to get done. Um, I also have to... There's going to be a common theme here. I can feel it. Um, for as excited as I am about the unknown of what's to come next, I also have to not worry about the fact that I don't know because that worry takes. And I think that's part that, like I said, that's going to be a common theme. I, I, I'm a worrier. Um, and so I think I also have to not put so much emphasis on like going back to moving my body because it's, it feels good. I have to not so much pressure on myself for how my body looks. I'm going through menopause. Lots of changes are happening and I just have to accept that that's okay and not worry about it and not stress about it and not focus on it. And then in that same vein, like not stress about like all of it kind of in my head, it's all weaving together, like not stress about the financial pieces, like things are going to work out as long as I stay my course and stay true to who I am. And so not maybe the not is to not lose focus of who I am. Those are three really great ones. And I don't think those are three that have been on here before. So I want to talk about right. those. Those are really awesome. And, you know, mine was the shoulds. Don't should. I should have done this. I should have done that, you know. Yeah. Um, but I love the worry because I'm sure many listeners are sitting here going, oh, yeah, we got to stop worrying. We worry about, especially if kids and they're little to no matter what age they are, you never stop worrying about your kids. But how yeah. that reacts and how that projects out in the world, you know, 
having that trust. Um, my kids used to laugh and Matthew used to always say, you know, everything I do, you always find out. And I was like, yes, you worry about everything. I'm like, I don't even have to worry about it because I know so many people, they see you and they tell me, right? right. <laughs> so right. it's like, you know, but having that, letting go of that worry is hard sometimes. Like you worry mm -hmm. so much about them, you know, right. and especially if they have struggles and things in their life, you really worry yeah. about that. And then, yeah. you know, what you don't know, like, that's so exactly. true. Like you can't control the things you don't know. You, exactly. you know, my gosh, if I could have controlled that Matthew was going to have an accident, he'd be here today. Right. I'll, I often say life's not a remote. You can't rewind it. What oh. you can do is learn from it. Right. And so that's so true is what I don't know. You know, you can't, you have to go through with what the things are you do, you know, at the moment and, and work with that. And then stress who, I mean, I'm sure no, every no, no. woman that's listening is going stress. Stress, you know, especially it's interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. We were talking about COVID and how everything shut down. And we all, you know, we were even that as as much as everything shut down, you think we were so high stress because we the unknown, right? That the right. what I don't know combined with the stress. And then now we've come, you know, we're on the other side of COVID, hopefully for good. And, you know, it's like that stress of, okay, I don't want my world to be the crazy world it was before COVID, but I it's kind of pulling me. So that stress of how do I balance it out? And that's why I love, the, you know, I tell my friends and my, and I'm like, if you don't want to work with me, get a coach, you know, because I'm your friend, you may not want to work with me, but I'll refer mm -hmm. you to somebody. But it's always good to have somebody like Karsta or I or a therapist, whoever that is, to help you work through these things. I mean, I have an appointment on Friday with my therapist just because some things have come up and I'm like, I need to work through it. And, you right. know, I've got a coach as well, but it's okay to have those tools in your toolbox that help you work with these things so that you can enjoy the things that are on your joy list. You can enjoy time with your children and, and have it be a friendship and not a, Oh my God, I'm going to worry. It'll be a helicopter mom ship. And, you know, right. and then you, then you can enjoy the sunshine because what you don't know is okay. And there's such a beautiful life that's out there for you right now. Right. And then the, the getting rid of the stress, you know, don't stress if we're not working out. Make the best choices again. Because let me tell you, those, I'm sure everybody that's listening to you, every female that's going through menopause goes, yeah, I get you. I understand. <laughs> I get where that's coming from, right? And so you can't control it, but you can reach out for help to work through it. And that way you can enjoy those things that bring you joy. So those are some really great ones that you brought up for us. I love that you did those. So thank you for playing along with me. On yeah, the of course. Well, that's a good question, though. That's a great <laughs> uh, yes. question. All right, Kari, I, this has been so much fun. I want to make sure everybody knows how to reach out to you as well as tell them what you have upcoming and any special offers you have. Wonderful. It's been great. I'm so glad we reconnected. Um, lots of things coming up. Um, probably by the time this airs, the best way to reach me will be Instagram. That's usually where I hang out. I'm also hanging out on LinkedIn. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at, at karsta.marie. Um, I think all my other socials is just ask, at karstamarino.com. Um, my email and website are going to be in the show notes, but it's at karstamarie.com. Um, and I would really encourage if any of this stuff, especially the stuff about visualization resonated with any of your listeners, I do have coming up in December and I, I usually do like two sessions in December and two sessions in January of my vision board workshop, super low cost, um, just like a couple hours, one evening, I do like an evening and a Saturday in December and an evening and a Saturday in January. And you can pick one of the four. Um, and it's just a great place to start to get kind of on that track of like, where am I headed instead of what am I running away from? So that would be my biggest suggestion. They can always reach out to me if they have other questions as well, though. 
Awesome. So we'll make sure everything is in the show notes. Make sure everybody has everything. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel and you'll see everything in the notes below as well. So everybody knows that we have these great cards. We do. They're called Better Questions, Better Life.com is where you can get them. But they're Better Questions, Better Life. 77 cards that ask you really important things about life. And you never know what one's going to come up if you if you get really fun with it. So Kari, Kari knows we are going to shuffle these. She's going to tell me to stop, but she's going to answer one. So here we go. Okay. Uh, stop. Ooh, got to the bottom of the deck almost. Oh, this is a good one, Karsta. Why do I exist? Why do I exist? Oh, my gosh. Um, I believe that I exist to lead an exciting life in which I can share sort of all of my wonderful experiences with other people, my family, my friends, and as well as like my audience, my clients. Um, I just, I just know that I'm, I'm made for even bigger than what I have now. I think that's so powerful because not just your clients, but your family, there's so many things that we can touch and change in the world. And I just love that you did that. So thank you so much, Carsta, for being with us today. I want to remind everybody that if you want to learn more about the Shiro League, you can go and email us at hello at wsliving.com. That's hello at wsliving. And just put in the comments, Shiro, and we will make sure you get all that information. But don't forget, as you come into this world, you are this rough oyster on the outside. You've got some work to do to get it open. But once you open the oyster, you'll find your inner pearl of greatness. And I hope you go out today and you find your inner pearl of greatness. Make it a great day. When was the last time you challenged yourself to step away? Why do we need to step away? Well, for me, it is because I am the Shira of my own life. And by the way, Pearl Chiarenza, the founder and CEO of the Shiro League, is hosting a retreat. This is a great opportunity to step into your power, passion, and purpose, and getting yourself the space to pause, reflect, and create the roadmap to your goals. All of us Shiros need to be in community, and the PJ Retreat from WS Living Retreats is the perfect way. Find your self-worth. Stop listening to that saboteur and make sure that you increase your self-worth while being in community and having a great time. Are you ready to pack your bags and come to the beach? Then let's go to WSLivingRetreats.com and find your inner Shiro. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I just wanted to come on and check in with you, see how you're doing, and just make sure that you truly are looking and finding your inner pearl of greatness. And so today's just going to be about some lessons for you around how you become your Shiro self. Like really, how do you find that time for you that you can put yourself first without any guilt? And so I want to talk to you about that because, you know, oftentimes we as women, we take care of everything else before we put something for ourselves on, on the time, on our planner. And so I want to talk to you about that. You know, why? Like, when was the last time you really challenged yourself to like step away? Um, because you are a Shiro, you are powerful and you are amazing. And sometimes we feel so overwhelmed that we don't feel that way, right? That we feel like, you know, we're not in our not working in our purpose of our power and our passion. And, you know, we're not getting ourselves that time to pause and reflect and really 
they create and, and develop our roadmap for our expectations, for our journey that we want for ourselves. So I want to ask you this. I want you to consider this. I want you to think about, you know, is there, is there been a time where you wanted to take time for yourself and you just said, I'll put it on my calendar. And then when it came time for your calendar, you said, oh, I can't do it. I got to get the kids to practice. I've got to go to this event. My husband needs help with this thing at work or I'm tied to my job and we've got this deadline to meet. You know, I want you to really think that, you know, there is a woman who is a hero for everybody else freely. Like we totally, we, you know, we pour into others so much, so freely that truly our identity and our focus becomes that for the other person. And we're putting our, our focus and our identity on a shelf, right? We freely accept it, you know, that despite how we might feel in the moment, that it's okay to put ourselves on the shelf. So I want to give you some thoughts and some steps about really, you know, showing up for yourself and saying yes to yourself and not trying to please others, right? Because so often we, we are that person. We become that people pleaser. We say yes to everybody else so excitedly now but you don't say yes to yourself as excitedly. Like you feel guilty, right? Do you ever feel guilty when you say no to somebody because you're like, oh, they're not going to like me. They're going to think that I don't care for them. They're going to think that I, you know, I, I'm selfish, all those things, right? And, you know, because we show up for others so much and not for ourselves often, it can feel like we're not worthy, right? And I wonder if that sounds like to you. If that sounds like you, I want to give you a couple steps to just put yourself first without guilt. Okay. So the first one is as women, we feel guilty when we do for ourselves, right? We feel guilty if we go get our nails done or we feel guilty if we go out for a walk or we go out for dinner with a friend, or maybe like me, you go for a staycation where you grab a hotel that's near the, near the house. Like for me, I live in Florida, so I'll grab a hotel at the beach and go spend the night. So maybe you feel guilty that you're doing that because you feel like, oh, I got to leave the kids behind or the spouse, or they're going to think I'm being selfish because I'm doing for me. So I want to tell you, first of all, there's some things you can do to overcome that. So let's say you are a CEO mom. And so those that are listening to me the first time, when I say CEO mom, I don't like the word stay at home mom because you are a CEO mom, because even if you are at home running the house business, which is why I call you a CEO mom, you have a job to do. And that's making sure the business of the home is running the way it needs to. So let's say you're that CEO mom and you have kids that, you know, you want to spend time with, but you feel like there's not enough time in the day. So let's start with their little. If they're little kids, like, you know, under say eight years old, right? Maybe you sit down and watch a silly TV show. When my kids were little, it was Barney, right? Sit down and watch a silly TV show with them and just be engaged with them because you're going to laugh at the crazy show. You're going to spend time with your little one, but you're also going to be taking some time out for yourself. So that's one of the steps you can do with your children. If your kids are a little older, like, so when I finally realized that I mattered and I had to do something for me first. My kids were a little older. So my oldest one, he loved to go get his toenails done because he played football and he had football toes. So we would go for Manny Patty together. He'd get the Patty, I'd get the Manny Patty. And it was it was giving myself time to take care of myself and have self-care. But at the same time, my son Matthew was spending time with me and we would chit-chat and talk about what was happening. We might talk about the football game upcoming or the one that just passed. We might talk about girls, whatever that is, right? Him and I also had a code word for spending time together, and that was, let's go for sushi. So that would tell me that he wanted to have conversations with me, 
right? So my younger son, Nate, he's not into many petties. He could not be bothered to any that, but he loves to go to the movies. So we would go and catch a movie together. And we still do that to this day. He'll be like, what new movie is coming out? What do you want to see, mom? And we'd go catch that movie together. So that's something you can do with your kids. Like find something that you can enjoy doing that they maybe would like to do with you and you're spending time with them, okay? Now, when it comes to your spouse or significant other, it's kind of the same thing. Maybe catch a movie at home. Like my husband and I, even today, we find a lot of stuff on Netflix and we'll sit down and we'll watch the movie on Netflix, right? Or maybe you coordinate once a month, you're going to go out on a date and take turns picking. He picks this month, you pick next month. Neither one of you can complain about what the other picked, but you've picked something to go do, okay? So those are some things you can do with your loved ones when it comes time for self-care and not feeling guilty. Right. So then that way, when you do want to go do something for yourself, like a staycation or go to the movies by yourself, that guilt, you can you can release that guilt because you are finding time to spend with them as well. Okay, so those are just some simple steps you can do when it comes to your family. But let's talk about let's talk about your your job. okay, your professional career. So let's say that you have you're at work and you've got this big project to get done and you're in charge of a team. Okay. So one of the things I used to do is I wanted to make sure that my team all had a responsibility of the project that we were doing. So when I worked for a big corporation, each person had a piece of that pie because you can't run the whole machine together. You've got to have help. So find what works, what their talents are and give them that piece of the, of the pie that will outshine their talents. Okay. And then make sure that you, along with them, are taking breaks out to collaborate, whether it's, you know, hey, let's go grab some lunch together and collaborate. Or maybe you go outside the building and go for a quick walk around the building. You know, I did this at the big corporation I worked with. I would send my team out to go for walk breaks. And my other lead team leads from other departments are like, oh, can you do that? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, listen, if you look at my department's goals, we're hitting our goals, which means they're working hard. I need them to be all in, not be tired. So I would also go each day with one different group and I'd go for a walk with them and just chat with them. How are they doing? What's going on? You know, what's happening in their world? We wouldn't talk about what's happening in the project. Just how are they doing? So that's another way that you can, at your professional level, do something for yourself while you're engaging with your team as well. Okay. And if you are an entrepreneur, let's say you own your own business and you're, you know, you're overwhelmed with all these things to get done. I'm going to challenge you to look and see what are some of the things you're doing in your business that you actually might be able to do benefit from having a virtual assistant, right? So my business coach, Julie DeLuca Collins, helped me understand what my value is per hour. So once you take that per hour value and you say, you know, filing paperwork is is not worth $300 an hour. So maybe you have a virtual assistant that helps you electronically file your stuff. You know, find somebody that can do those things that takes up time for you building your business. And then also make sure you are taking time out during the day to go for a walk, do meditation, something that helps you pour into yourself while you're pouring into your business. So those are some tips I want to just teach you and share with you that I know I do for my self-care so I don't feel overwhelmed. So I don't feel like I'm on the shelf because when you put yourself on the shelf, you can't become that hero of your life. You can't become that self-made hero and have balance in your life with boundaries that you set and how to incorporate them without guilt. So I just want to share some of that with you because, you know, you guys are amazing, amazing individuals. You're beautifully and wonderfully made and you deserve everything that's waiting for you. But when we don't open our eyes to what's around us, we don't allow ourselves time for ourselves 
You can't pour into others. You can't pour into your career if you don't pour into yourself first. So I just want to share that with you. And I want to invite you. If any of this resonates with you, I would love to invite you to our, we have a Shiro League. You can come once uh, every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to come and just visit with us, we always have an open house opportunity. You can join us. It's at a Sunday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can come in your PJs. It's a great way to end your, your week and start your new week. Um, you can do that as well. So if you want that information, just go to pearl at wsliving.com. Again, pearl at wsliving.com and email me and I can get you the link to join us. But if you want to look at some more of these steps that I've done, I would love for you to just go download my ultimate guide to, to self-care and some additional steps are in there. And that's at pearlsebook.com. That's pearlsebook.com. And I hope you guys know that you come into this world as this beautiful, beautiful oyster. We're a little rough on the outside, but on the inside, you have this amazing pearl. And I just want you to know that you are this amazing pearl. And I hope you find your inner pearl of greatness. 